Jesus told us in John 15, verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. End quote. Hi, my name is David Dennis, and I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining me today for the third of six episodes with Mr. Al Ewert, Senior Leader with International Development of TUMI, the Urban Ministry Institute, headquartered in Wichita, Kansas. Mr. Ewert starts today by sharing an experience he had with the Lord when he learned about the importance of making his communion with Christ primary. Some years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was at the same time every night. And I'd get up and I said, Lord, am I worried? Because there were some heavy duty things going on at that time. But after about four or five days, I thought, uh, I think the Lord must be in this, because it was the same time every night for a couple of weeks. And I'm not trying to make that say anything that other people should try to, I, I don't even know how to experience that. But there were, or explain it, there were three words that came to me uh, during that time. The first one was nothing. Uh, the second one was sanctuary. And the third one was steps. And I would stand out in front of my house. It was in the summer. I'd look at the moon. I'd say, okay, I'm nothing. Now, that's not the right word to use today. I don't mean it. We all know we're... God's creators and marvelous people were somebody in him. But there was something that God was saying to me. I need to be at this point of just sacrificing everything. Just say, I'm nothing before you. I empty myself before you, Lord. Uh, and then the second word uh, was sanctuary. And I don't know if it was even a Bible verse then. Um uh, you know, Jeremiah says the exalted throne high and lifted up is a place of our sanctuary. No. Uh, he is our sanctuary. We become his sanctuary. He abides with us. And then the third word was steps. And then I started thinking, okay, if I'm emptied of myself, really emptied of myself, then I can dwell with him. And if I dwell with him, then I can take the next steps and get them right. But so often it's easy for me, at least, I guess for most people, to go to the things to do. And it's to pray about, Lord, help me with this problem, this thing I got to do, this decision, this person I'm talking to tomorrow, this I'm going to speak, help me get the right message. To go to that, uh, before that communion with Christ. And I suppose if there'd be anything I'd say about uh, being in the right frame of mind to pray, it's I need to be in communion with Christ first. Hmm. I need to be settled with him. I need to have my sins confessed. I need to be in harmony with him. I need to be released of everything. And and sometimes that takes me a while to get to that place. I uh, you know my kids are raised now. I'm uh, uh, I can go to bed a lot earlier, and I can get up earlier that way. And not that that's you know probably the majority of people on this that listen in here 
are very busy that have things don't have that same schedule. But for me, I just find I need to get into that frame of mind. And then the word really speaks to me, the scripture I memorize. The, uh, and then, then I find my prayer life is much more effective. Mm. And then I delight, I have joy in being able to pray over the things. It doesn't, it's not so much burden and worry or uh, the stresses or whatever. It's, it seems to flow more out of communion with Christ. Thank you. Yeah, that's very good. So abiding in Christ is what, what yeah. you're saying. That's, that's the key. I remember a time, one of the pivotal morning uh, weekends I had, with, it was with someone you'd uh, know very well, who's no longer with us, is Lauren Sanny. And uh, I was invited. He used to, after he'd retired, he'd do these weekends periodically. And there were about nine or ten of us that went from which to spend a weekend with him. Just rich, rich experience and teaching. One of the things that he shared that uh, was very, very powerful was he was talking about the, the enormous responsibilities we can imagine being the president of the Navigators. And good night, how many, maybe it was 20,000 staff or something. Or I don't know what the number 5,000, a huge number of staff all over the world, and uh, every problem imaginable. And he said he, I don't know if this, I don't recall now whether he, this was a sudden thing or a gradual thing that he came to his place, but he said, I developed a habit or a commitment or whatever that I would begin the day. And I think quite often he did it with his wife. He would look at his schedule for the day and then he just prayed over each point of the day as he knew it, recognizing there'd be interruptions. Uh, some of those things would not hold. But as best he could, he prayed through his schedule each meeting for the day, dedicated to the Lord. And, uh, and then he said, I, I began doing something else. And that was at the end of the day, before I go to sleep, I just prayed backwards through the day. And starting with the last thing, and just thanking the Lord for committing those things to the Lord, whatever decisions still be to me made, whatever that meeting was, I went back through the day, dedicated every one of those things to the Lord, thanked him, and then he smiled, and then he said, I started sleeping very well after that. Okay. I thought that is a that's a good yeah. way to look at a given day and the responsibilities that we have. Absolutely. Especially the busier we are. And I have a handful of things that are so clear in my mind from that, from that weekend. I've talked with some of these other guys, this is 25 years ago. And I said, do you remember him saying this? And some things they do remember, some things, you know, stood out to me. One of them was the first session, Lauren prayed. and. For those that listening in, uh, if you're sort of new to the Navigator Ministry, Lauren was, uh, Lauren Sandy was president of the Navigators for I don't know how many years that was, but a lot of years. One of the great Bible teachers uh, there was, great man of God. And so he opened a session and he said, Lord, I'd like to rededicate my life to you. And I looked up 
And it was so clear in my mind. I was the only one looking up. And I, I could still visualize exactly where I was sitting in that room. And I looked at him. I'm thinking, why does he need to rededicate his life? This is this great man of God. If there's anybody that's ever walked with the Lord in our generation, this is that man. Why is that? Why? And I didn't say anything. I just, he did a session. The next session, he opened and he said, Lord, uh, I'd like to rededicate my life to you. The first time I said, did something go wrong? Did he, <laughs> you know, did he have a, get into some broken relationship with someone. What, what, what was that about? The third time, it was again, Lord, I'd like to rededicate my life to you. And I have no clue if I asked him. We all had a one-on-one -on -one time with him. I don't recall this, whether somebody else asked him, whether I did. What was that rededication about? But here's what I remember him saying. As soon as I give myself totally to Christ, I start moving away. As soon as I do that, that's the way we're, we're sinful. And so I've just found it makes sense to rededicate my life many times over to him. And I started doing that more. And I've done it different ways. <laughs> I went through one period of time where every time I'd get in the car and I'd grab the steering wheel, I'd say, okay, Lord, I just want to do that right now. I just rededicate myself to you. Free me up of anything of myself. And uh, that communion with Christ at that level, what could be more important? You know, the, the you know, we know those verses, Luke, if you deny yourself, how often? Daily. Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, present yourself daily. I think I sometimes fear that we get, attracted to a system, a belief, a right structure. If I get all these things put together somehow, well, I think the beginning of relationship with Christ is just that point of saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Just release me of myself that I can be all I can be for you. As you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, what, what are some hindrances that people might have that prevent, well, <laughs> what are hindrances I have that prevents me from doing that, from giving myself to him completely on a repeated basis? And I guess part of that is maybe fear that he's just going to ask me to do something I don't want to do. Part of that is um, I want to, you know, be in control of my own life, my own heart. But what you're saying is uh, just trust the Lord. Yeah, and uh, have you ever had this experience? And I'm asking this to everybody who's listening in, because I think everybody of us would uh, pass this one uh, <laughs> right away. You ever say, "Doggone it!" If anybody knew what I really was, they'd never respect me. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I must be more sinful than others. I think my mind must be worse than others. And then, so. We tend to look at ourselves that way. I wonder sometimes how much we really understand the grace of God, the forgiveness. You know, somebody knew really what happened. Uh, if they knew how dishonest I'd been at sometimes, if they knew how much I thought about myself, if they knew this, 
And, and so I think sometimes the fear we think of being known by other people, we layer that over with God. Well, we know he knows us. He created us before he knew our, who we were. He knew this day before creation of the world. He knows us as we are. Uh, but that freedom that comes from just saying, here I am, Lord, I think also moves to that freedom being known by other brothers and sisters. And sometimes it's that freedom in Christ that leads us to, well, let me, I might as well let other people know me. And sometimes it's letting other people know us that leads us to the freedom to be known and freed up in Christ. Okay, this other person knows me. They accept me, Lord. Uh, you know, so however the path is there, that freedom to be known of God, to be uh, loved by Him, to experience His grace at the deepest level. I think that's why, I mean, look, think of that wheel diagram again, the fellowship part. We live in a day where there's so much lone ranger. It's me and God. Um, well, he's made us that we need other people around us that know us, that can help us uh, in that regard. You know, when we get honest with God through prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit, when we know Him and are certain of our eternal destiny and our eternal relationship with our loving Father, then we can get honest with others. We know that if the one who made us knows all about us and still loves us, then we can open up to others in a more real way. With the Apostle John, we can say, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John 1, verse 3. We should strive to avoid that Lone Ranger mentality that Al was talking about. He made us to have fellowship and to live in community and to be encouraged, sharpened, and sometimes chastened by others as they relate to us and we to them. Next time, Al discusses how we can make a Christ-like impact in the lives of others in our sphere of influence. I know you won't want to miss our next discussion on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.